there, I'm Leah Ben Miller, the worship leader of the local church, and you're listening to the local church podcast featuring the messages from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold, inclusive faith community based in Chatham County, North Carolina, and our mantra is our mission, love where you are. We gather for affirming, anchoring, and empowering worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Woods Charter School and online via Facebook Live and YouTube. No matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church. And we're so glad you're here. invite you now to hear these words of scripture. It's from the gospel according to Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. One day while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem were sitting nearby and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then some men carrying, came carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and let him down on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up, take your stretcher, and go to your home. Immediately he stood up before them, took what he had been lying on, and went to his home glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen incredible things today. This is the word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be to God. I am a provisional deacon in the church, and it is an honor to be with you right now. So, we are, as Leah said, an unapologetically inclusive, Jesus-centered faith community. So if that's true, then we need to spend some time figuring out what it means to be Jesus-centered. And two weeks ago, Brent started us on this slow roll through Luke's biography of Jesus. He started, we heard about John baptizing Jesus. And Leah that day invited us to practice 
driving the speed limit. And as I drive on I-40, all the way from Chapel Hill to Raleigh, um, I am now seeing that as an invitation to view traffic as a way to move at the pace of Jesus, because I do not move very quickly. It is really hard to surrender to the pace of the Lord, and I'm a work in progress. Last week, Brent led us into chapter 4, and we got a glimpse of Jubilee and Jesus' work of restoration. If you missed either of these, you can always listen to them on Facebook or on any podcast platform. That week, Leah invited us to practice Sabbath, resting our minds, our bodies, and our souls, because Sabbath is an important part of that Jubilee rhythm, and it's a gift for us. So today, we're moving into Luke 5, with ears focused for what does it tell us about Jesus, and what does it mean for us to live a Jesus-centered life. There is a lot going on in Luke 5, starting with Jesus calling his first disciples, then Jesus cleanses a man with leprosy, and then our story today picks up. Today's story is a great story. A man is literally lowered through a hole in the roof. Okay, anyone else picturing Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible coming down from the roof? Not quite the same, but pretty amazing stuff. And even after that, that's when the real miracle happens, right? That's when the healing happens. So let's slow down and look at what does this story have for us today. Please pray with me. Almighty God, inspire us as we look deeper into your word. May the meditations of our hearts and minds be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, so for today's conversation, this is how the story begins. One day while he was teaching, the Pharisees and teachers of the law from all around had come and were sitting nearby and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a stretcher. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up onto the roof and let him down through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Yes, these friends were with and for this man, and they were bold. They physically carried their friend to Jesus by taking apart someone else's roof, which when we try to place ourselves in these stories, I have to think I probably would have been the one to say, hold up, the owner really not gonna be happy about this. But somebody had this idea, and somebody else in this group of friends must have said, you know what, that'll work. This is gonna work. So they take apart straw and mud and they get access to Jesus. So the crowd presents a physical barrier to Jesus in this story. For us, Jesus is not physically available. So what is the barrier, right? Because Jesus is available and yet things hinder us from accessing the Lord, right? Busyness, we have lamented that here before. We all recognize busyness as kind of getting in the way, right? Um, I had a fresh um, ear for this recently. A former dean of Duke Chapel said that for those of us in ministry, 
Busyness is a sign of a lack of faith. And that got my attention as a minister, wherever our context is. So I serve as a chaplain in a hospital, and there are a lot of days where I'm overwhelmed by the unmet spiritual needs in that hospital. A lot of people, a lot of suffering, a lot of needs that aren't met. But if I make myself just crazy busy trying to meet all these needs, aren't I kind of saying, yeah, will Jesus really show up if I don't? So I hear that. Today, you all battled the crowdedness of life in our present or online. And we don't take that for granted. That's huge. We here at the local church, as Brent said, we pray that by being with us, you feel and you are affirmed, anchored, and empowered as a result of your presence. So let's look back to the Luke passage. Um, Verse 20, we might be able to see. When he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. So we bolded this, their faith. This is significant because Jesus has done other healings and will do other healings and often heals with the words, your faith has set you free or your faith has healed you. But in this story, Jesus is bearing witness to the faith of the friends and Jesus responds with healing because the faith of the friends matters. In a different miracle story, we're gonna leave Luke for a second, but come back. A Roman soldier seeks Jesus out and implores him to heal his servant who is in terrible pain. This compassionate soldier asks, not because he feels entitled or even worthy, but because his faith is bold. He knows that Jesus needs only to say the word and the servant will be healed. Jesus responds, recognizing this incredibly deep faith, not of the man who was ill or of his family, but of a friend. Just as Jesus sees the men's faith who cut a hole in a roof, and he sees the faith of a Roman soldier. He sees our faith today and the faith of those around us. My personal experience has affirmed this. Years ago, when a very dear friend was in a coma, a different friend of his who I had never met before, a woman started a prayer circle so that we could all come together and pray for this man in a coma. And... I was reeling, stunned, confused. All I could pray at that time was, please. I didn't even know what that meant, just please. But I leaned into the faith of this woman and this group. They stood in the gap for me, and I am forever grateful. Another person in my circle of friends at that time said, I do not see God showing up in this awful situation, confided that in me. And that felt really heavy. And you know what? I think we've all felt that at some time or another. I know I've had people stand in the gap for me, and I hope that I stand in the gap for others. And I believe that every single one of you can stand in the gap as well for your friends, your neighbors, whoever. Back to Luke. These men carry their friend to where Jesus is so that he may be healed. What is our version of carrying a friend to Jesus? Is our responsibility to carry our friends to Jesus? We may know the Great Commission in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus says, and I quote, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. I personally have wrestled with this because in my context as a hospital chaplain, I am not to make Christians of patients or nurses or any of the staff or families I encounter. So am I obeying Jesus? Am I following Jesus by simply being present? So as chaplains, we are required to enter a note in the chart of anyone we have an interaction with. And they're kept vague, of course, for confidentiality with the patient. But we do have a, a section where we have these check boxes. What spiritual interventions did you provide? And so you can check, I established a relationship of care. I offered compassionate presence. I read sacred texts. I taught mindfulness techniques. I offered prayer, and the list goes on. And you know what? The only thing that I consistently, every single time can check is offered compassionate presence. And that is enough. It doesn't feel enough to me sometimes. I walk out of rooms and a lot of questions are unanswered. And yet, let's look at what Jesus says. The night before Jesus was betrayed, he knew what was coming. And he said to his friends who surrounded him, the disciples, he says, remain here and stay awake with me. That's what he says, right? Remain here and stay awake with me. He doesn't ask them to change the outcome. He doesn't ask us to change outcomes, but to be present. That's true for each of us with our interactions with friends. The beautiful thing about friendship is that we're friends for the sake of friendship. This is not something that we do for an alliance to network. It's not a relationship of power, but of equality. When we lean into friendship, what we find is that Jesus was already there with that assurance that Jesus is already in these relationships. We can stand in the gap for our friends as Jesus stands in the gap for us. So it might be that some friends are not open to growing closer to God through a relationship with Christ. I'll reiterate what Brent has said. Jesus rarely says, y'all, run on out ahead of me. I'll catch up, right? He says, follow me. Be present. Pray. Stand in the gap. Those are my words, not Jesus. But Okay, let's keep moving slowly along with Luke. So the scribes and the Pharisees begin to question Who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? The Pharisees were outraged and probably felt threatened by Jesus. And I'm afraid that I might relate to the Pharisees. I have some resistance to change. Jesus was a huge change for them. They had a sense of order. And even though I like order and a sense of fairness, Jesus draws each of us near. No matter where you find yourself in this story, no matter where you find yourself today, Jesus draws us near. Jesus continues in responding to the Pharisees. He says, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man 
has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your stretcher and go to your home. This is the first time that Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. So what does that mean, the son of man? Well, Jesus is born of a woman. Jesus is fully human. And yet he's sharing with this large crowd that while he is fully human, he does also have the authority to cleanse sins, to heal us. So he is also divine. This, this truth that Jesus is fully human and fully divine is essential to our faith. We also see in this passage that Jesus heals the body and the soul. He forgives the sins because both are forms of human restoration. And Jesus is about restoration and healing. Now, we do not have the ability to heal paralysis. We don't need that ability. Our Jesus-anchored presence and our Holy Spirit-empowered prayers can help heal wounded souls. So we pray for our friends. That's not doing nothing. We intercede on another's behalf. We believe. We show up. If we can't show up in person, we listen remotely and we keep praying. And maybe physical healing, maybe that healing is not how the story ends. And we wrestle with the mystery of that. And yet, I believe redemption, forgiveness of sins, and spiritual healing are always part of God's heart for us. And maybe our prayers and petitions to the Lord in Jesus' timing, right, not ours, do bring restoration for souls. We help. Let's return to the first verse of today's passage. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal them. So Jesus, fully human, fully divine, was joined by the power of the Lord. And Jesus joins us always. That is a promise in scripture, right? Jesus is with us till the end of the age. Jesus has authority to restore body and soul. We can trust Jesus to be with us. Jesus offering healing in ways we may not understand. In response to that assurance, we are faith-filled and faithful friends. I want to give two quick examples of how friends can show up, how they've shown up in my life, okay? I have a neighbor friend. She's teens, the same age as my kids. We are similar socioeconomically, political alignment, and we exercise together. On a jog years ago, she is who gave me the encouragement to take a leap and go to seminary. I had been talking about this, praying about this for years, and this friend really gave me the nudge, the encouragement, um, and I'm grateful. She was a catalyst I needed to grow in my faith. And my second quick example is Camille, who um, lives in Winston-Salem, who um, I began praying with some in divinity school, and her background, her race, her context, very, very different than mine. And her impact on my faith journey, my spiritual journey, is immeasurable. She boldly uses her unique voice to speak truth and love to me. These friendships matter. Your friendships matter. Whether you're listening, laughing with, or acting as a catalyst for a change, your faith has impact. When you treat those who serve you, right, like the Roman soldier had a servant, we 
Have people who serve us in restaurants, the grocery store, perhaps in your own home. Treating all as equals, really truly caring. How are you when you say, how are you? And you'll see, you have seen, I bet, friendships develop in places we might not expect, right? So let's stay open to that, how those friendships can start and the impacts that we won't know about but are there. I want to close with part of another poem that Drew Jackson wrote, the gentleman who wrote the first, our grounding moment. This is also based on the story of Luke, but from the perspective of the paralyzed man, the poem is titled, The Crew. This one stanza says, I would not be here staring into hope's eyes if not for my crew that lifted me high on faith-filled shoulders determined to see me rise. May each of us continue to look for ways to overcome barriers to accessing Jesus. And may each of us be that crew for the friends we have and are yet to make. In the name of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Comforter. Amen. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's an easy way to share the love. You can learn more about the local church at our website, growlocal.church, or just come see us one week. Thanks for listening and love where you are.